Welcome to How We Got Here, a genealogy podcast hosted by Brian Nash, exploring the tools, tips, and resources for genealogists from Atlantic Canada and family historians from around the globe who are researching their ancestors from Atlantic Canada. Every family has a story, so stick around as Brian and his guests share the unique family stories that help shape the history and culture of Atlantic Canada. Hey, welcome to this week's podcast. Um, I want to apologize first for this podcast being a, a little later than normal. Um, and it might be a little more disjointed and uh, a little abbreviated as well. Um, I've been working hard on trying to re- revamp some things, uh, line up some future guests. And uh, I don't want to say I've grown tired. <laughs> I've just been busy doing a lot of things in my life, a lot of things in my uh, nine to five jobs that's keeping me busier and distracted uh, more that I haven't been able to focus on the podcast as much as I'd like. Um, that being said, I have some guests lined up uh, for the future and I'm I'm really looking forward to it uh, um, over the next week or so. I'm hoping to get a, a, a few uh, podcode, podcast episodes recorded and uh, for the future um, so yeah it's a uh, you know I so I just wanted to take to today and just a little talk about some little, little things informally um, you know one of the things with doing the podcast too I've been finding some of the time that I've been had in the past to work on my own genealogy has been a, a, a little um, taken with with doing this uh, as I try to divide my time between my hobbies, my my family, my uh, you know, at this time of year is it's starting to get towards gardening seasons. We, my wife, begins planting our garden. There's things that are taking up my time, so I I, I do sort of miss doing some of my my own my own research. Um, the last episode I had I I had a an an audio clip of my. My great-grandmother, I shared some audio clips from her, and we talked a little bit about her. Um, that whole original um, set of audio clips is available on my, my Patreon site um, that would have the, the complete interview with my great-grandmother from 1978. Um, um, so that's available there at Patreon www.patreon.com slash how we got here pod um, if you're interested in going there and helping support my my podcast I really do appreciate that uh, but you know I just appreciate you guys taking the time to listen uh, every episode so I'm just going to lay down a few things and let you know sort of what's going on and what I've been doing um, in relation to podcasts and my own genealogical research um, so the podcast, like I said, I have some some interviews coming up. Some uh, I'm not going to mention the guests now, but I do have a, a a slate of guests coming up over the next few months. As I um, like I said, I'm hoping to start recording them. Actually, um, in a couple hours from now, I'll be recording my um, 
my next interview for my podcast. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks, I'm hoping to get it ahead of myself and get a few podcasts uh, recorded. Uh, as well, I'm still looking for your guys' stories. Um, right now, I'm looking to put together sort of a, a little uh, section of shorter shorter stories shared by my listeners uh, and my followers. Um, I, I want to kind of talk about the occupations of, um, of our ancestors. Some, some unusual, some normal. Uh, talk about the day-to-day -day lives that we've discovered through genealogical research and you know, looking even some of those nefarious ancestors. Uh, so I'd really like to hear from you. Um, right now I'm looking to, to get together a, a little section or a, a little mini-series on some of those nefarious ancestors that we have. Um, I'm thinking, you know, rum, rum runners, bootleggers, uh, anybody that might have some, you know, a, a, a pirate in their, their past, uh, or somebody involved in privateering, um, you know, those types of things, or any other that you might think of. Um, whether they're family folklore and you've proven them wrong, or they're, they're family folk folklore and you've proven them right, or they're family folklore and uh, they weren't family folklore and it's just something you discovered um, as, a, as a secret, the hidden back in your family. So I... Uh, so yeah, that's sort of where I'm moving ahead forward um, as far as the podcast. Uh, I do intend on uh, getting the podcast out on time and more regular every second Wednesday, um, as well as adding some of these smaller podcast cast clips um, with these smaller stories uh, in the, the weeks in between the normal um, podcast. That's that's the plan going forward. Um, I really love to hear from you. I'd love you guys to send me an email. You can send to um, Brian and how we got here. Um, .ca, and that will get to me. And don't forget to visit my website, www.howwegothere.ca, where you can find all the information about what's going on with me, with my uh, podcast, with my YouTube channel, which is a, another outlet that I have. Um, so, so for today's topic, like I said, it's, it's going to be a little disjointed. I'm, I'm just, and again, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I have been doing. Um, I've been doing a couple things. On my, my, mother's, my mother's line, I have a, a good sense of where people are and where they come from. Um, and I've talked about them before. Um, I still am working on that that brick wall my my great-grandmother I haven't had much luck luck cracking it um, that's something that I'll be continuing to work on this year uh, and through the summer and it's, and it's something I'm hoping that when I I get a chance to travel again I can actually talk with my um, gr my granduncle and my my grandmother who are both still living uh, and in Cape Breton and get a chance to sort of talk about them and get some more details that I don't know um, out from them. But 
in the meantime, I've been sort of working a little on my father's side. Um, my father's side is, is quite interesting, and that's the one, if you watch my YouTube channel, you um, there is a, a line of that, and it's where I've been able to trace it back um, well over a thousand years. Um, and I don't want to say I did all the work, because honestly, I didn't. Um, it it was done through collaboration um, and confirmation through uh, WikiTree. Uh, what it was was my my fifth fifth great grandmother, I believe it was. Um, I kn I knew she was, and I had had an idea uh, who her parents were. I was able to find her name where I thought she should be, and I was able to to trace that sort of back um, and find it's sort of my I want to call it a, a gateway ancestor I found her information and I just I knew some information about her that I that I had specifically I, I knew uh, her parents names and it was then tracing those back and making sure they were the right people when I did manage to make a match um, through my, my research and, and going back and, and looking at um, church records, I, I was able to make that connection. And that connection led me to a line of my family I didn't really know much about. I knew nothing before this. Um, but through, through that, I, like I said, I was able to make connections going back past to um, actually into the the first millennium um, into the 900s even uh, that I am I'm fairly certain of and it and it has to do with the record keeping of that time and some I don't want to call them genealogical records but they're records of genealogies um, of that time because there wound up being some connections to some prominent people who whose families um, and heritage had been been traced uh, going back and that sort of made me go back um, like I said well into the 900s um, I've been able to add people to my family tree and I add them confidently um, that they are accurate based on historical records um, and historical writings um, of other people um, and genealogies that I have seen accurate sources. Now, that being said, uh, you know, when you get back a certain point, you don't have the same type of vital statistics records that that's developed at, in, at the, the outset of mid-19th century. You don't even have a lot of church records. You're going back and you're you're quoting books of contemporaries that were written at that time. Um, you're quoting books of people that were written as historical documentation of that time um, years later. So I, again, like I said, I, I can say with as much certainty as I can be of anything from that period um, that. And it's a trusting in the history and 
the record keeping that was there. Uh, so that's that's quite exciting, um, and that's on my my father's mother's line, um, which has actually always been pretty pretty good to me in the sense that if I'm uh, doing things and I'm looking for connections to people, it's usually somewhere on that line. Even before I had this, there there's a, a lot of records that can be connected. Um, some I I like doing and like playing with on Wiki Tree and they. Every week they have a, you know, a, a subject, whether that's usually timely in some sort, um, where they'll, like, for an instance, when um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, they had a bunch of different former Supreme Court judges of the United States that you could see if you were connected. And this is the... Um, the the sort of like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon type thing. They don't necessarily mean they're related to you, but there's a connection. Um, so, in a lot of cases, you'll get the connection that that runs there. It's one of your an it goes to one of your ancestors, um, spouses, brothers, wives, and it sort of makes a connection. It's kind of a fun thing. They they also have a feature where you can see the actual if there's a genealogical connection. Um, and that's, like I said, where I was able to really dig in deep and find some good information that was able to take me back, um, take me into to records into the, the 900s. Um, one of the things is, you watch my YouTube videos that I found out I was related to Henry III, um, the, the Plantagenet family and, uh, of, of England and that includes also um, Edward Longshanks and it Edward the First uh, of England. It includes um, because when you get in that period, there was so much of the nobility of you, and you're aware of the history of the British Isles and even Western Europe in general. There's so much um, in those families of nobility, there's so much mixing that you wind up being related to a lot of people and that, that have been documented. Um, so you've, you, uh, I found it really interesting, first of all, being related to Henry the the third. but one of the most interesting things I found out with that, he was my 25th great-grandfather. Um, but when you go back to using, uh, looking at um, how many 25th great-grandfathers you have, it's, it's actually kind of amazing that I'm, I'm it would be ama more amazing, I think, if I wasn't related to him in there somehow. Uh, because the, the number of um, 25th great-grandfathers I have well exceeded the population of the British Isles at that time. Um, and I'm, I'm sure if I was able to connect a lot of my other families, I would find that I would have people, because he was uh, my, his son, um, Edward, um, Edward I, was, and it's not how I actually found my first connection to Henry III. It was from his other son, Edmund. 
um, but when I did some more tracing, I Edward I was my 24th great-granduncle, but through uh, a few generations before that and following them back, he was also my 24th great-grandfather, uh, and I'm sure I'd find him more than once possibly in that same role, um, both of those roles, uh, or even as a, a 23rd or um, 26th great-grandfather or granduncle as well. Um, and like I said, because when you're getting back that many generations, the numbers <laughs> that you have of those people, um, they, they, they start to multiply pretty quick. Um, just based on the fact, as, a, as myself, I have two parents. They each have two parents, so that doubles. So you have four grandparents. You, their parents, you double, you have eight great-grandparents. As you can see, as you go back more generations, it, 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 it climbs pretty quick. Um, the exact number of 25th great-grandparents I have is one million, sorry, 134,217,728. Sorry, that's grandparents, not grandfather. So you divide that by two. Um, so you're looking at, you would have, so I would have, have sorry, um, 67,108,864 great-grandfathers. Um, the population of the British Isles at that time, I think, if I remember correctly, was about, well, it was under 10 million for sure. So, as you can see, like I said, it's, I'd probably pretty much be related to everybody there at that point. Um, and there would be lots of overlap. Um, and that's... That's just an estimate back going, like I said, back to that time period. Um, the the amount of actually DNA that you have, I would share with um, those great grandparents. Um, would be it's it's a minuscule minuscule amount. So much so my uh, spreadsheet doesn't even want to calculate it. It sort of goes haywire. Um, after your your 12th grandparents, you're only sharing like one 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 hundredth of a percent of their DNA. Again, like I said, when you start multiplying this in, and you you would start figuring that out by the time you get down to your 25th great grandparents, it would be so minuscule. Now, because like I said. I probably share it multiple times with those same people that there would be some some overlap and probably a little bit higher DNA results um, but it's real and that's you know that's in a perfect world if you got all the the contributing percentage of from parents um, were passed along evenly every time um, so it's a, yeah, it's really kind of neat. Um, like I said, it's led, led me down that line. I've been able to find some great things, but still some, some things that are simpler and 
closer to this time frame, I'm still struggling with. And that's, you know, one thing I find challenging in, um, in genealogy. You, you can find those lines where you, you can reach back so far, but yet there's some that you can only get so, that are a lot closer. You, you're, uh, you're not able to get that good information. Again, on my, like I mentioned, my brick wall of my great-grandmother on my mom's side. On my father's side, I have sort of a, a similar thing when I, I go back to a certain point. Um, I can find in the records that my ancestor came, his father came from Ireland. He was born, was born in Ireland but I can't find anything else about him. So this is my second great-grandfather, Patrick Nash. Um, I've been able to track down and find information about him. Um, he, at one point, left Nova Scotia after his wife passed away. Um, and he actually had a, a second wife that, that he had in, married in Nova Scotia. And they wound up moving to Massachusetts. Um, and from what I can tell from there, um, that I'm able to match them up. And I was able to find his death certificate, which lists his father, John, as being born in Ireland. Um, so, but I can't find a record of John. Um, Ireland is doing uh, Irish research can be quite difficult. Um, and I'm just at a point where that part of my Irish ancestry, I can't get any further. Um, I, I am able to, on my father's mother's side, my paternal grandmother, I've been able to trace hers back, and also my father's, um, my father's uh, great grandfather on his on the Nash side. I've been able to trace his wife, so my great grandmother, her family back to Ireland as well. So I, I sort of know where I'm looking when I'm looking for those Irish records, but I've, I've just hit a, a brick wall. And it, and it can be really, it can be a, a stumbling block as much as a brick wall sometimes. It can be discouraging. And that's one of the things that I, I've been finding myself at the place of, um, especially when I've made some great breakthroughs in other places over the, the last year or so. Um, it seems that it started to come to a grinding halt on a few of these a few of these things that uh, when I'm, I'm looking for records. Um, and like I said, that's sort of the place I find myself at now. I love to, to get some input on you, on you guys and what you've done to break down your brick walls. Um, I, I'm even, you know, I'm going back and I'm, I'm second-guessing myself when I've looked back and I've found other records. Am I looking at the right people going down the line? Um, and I'm pretty confident what I have up until um, Patrick is correct. 
as far as the Nash line. Um, now, I had thought that the Nashes, I knew they'd come from Ireland. I thought it was farther back on that family line than would be my, my third great-grandfather. Uh, it's sort of it sort of left me at a point that I'm not 100% sure and I'm sort of stuck there. Um, and I've spent hours beating my head, head over finding other possible, possible people that could fit into the mold of that Patrick Nash and his parentage. But... I'm pretty stuck on that this is the the right one. Um, the history seems to uh, seems to be there. The dates of birth that I knew um, based on other records, based on the census, based on, on looking at um, my first great-grandfather, his marriage records, what his parents' names were, um, I'm finding that. Um, and it seems to match up. And it it seems to to match as well that, um, like I said, some some information I, I remember from my, my family talking about um, relatives in the States on that side of the family. That, that's, which I never really knew. Um, on my mom's side, I know I have a lot of relatives that migrated um, post World War II down to New England, and I, I'm pretty much aware of them, at least of my grandfather's brothers and sisters that moved down there. Um, though I've lost, and but recently re regained some information about some of the the cousins down there. Um, but on my father's side, I knew he had family that was in the States, um, but I didn't really know quite where they were. I knew that, um, my grandfather, uh, well, my, my father had went to visit an aunt, um, that I thought was his brother, his father's sister or might have been a, a, a great aunt or a grand aunt depending how you call them um so i think there's even more relatives and might be from that second marriage because as i said it seems shortly after um the first marriage after the wife died they would have had some children that stayed in nova scotia that did not move to the states with them which is where my my great-grandfather seems to come from and from that part and then he'd gotten remarried and then after a few years he moved down to the states um, as he neared the end of his working working life and wound up in Massachusetts uh, if I'm correct like I said it matches the records it matches the marriage records when I I look um, them up on the vital statistics in Nova Scotia I'm finding the names match and I'm finding um, like I said the records that I show my second great-grandfather Patrick being married to my 
second great-grandmother, and then several years later, um, him getting remarried, and on this marriage certificate that he's remarried in Nova Scotia, he is listed as a widower at that time, and then that wife and is on a death record for Patrick um, Nash in Massachusetts, and I also have a an immigration record that indicates it's the same person. Occupation has changed, but I'm pretty sure based on dates of birth, uh, parents' names, it's the same person. Um, and I could be wrong. Um, it'd be great if I was wrong because I might be able to find <laughs> an easier path, but I'm, I'm, I'm stuck there. Which has led me to, you know, to, like I said, to some kind of self-defeatist attitude sometimes. And I've really been trying to pick myself up off that and not get discouraged. Um, I put a lot of my work into the, the podcast and, um, and since it is about genealogy, you know, it, it sort of reflected back on that and it's, um, I've wanted to, to try to dig more. I know I, I spent one day I, uh, alone. I spent 12 hours just re-looking at that side of the family, re-looking at grandparents and uh, great-grandparents and beyond and, and trying to really track down, like I said, the different possibilities. So what do we do as genealogists when we do that? It's really tempting to keep plugging away and keep, but I found when I was doing that, I was getting really discouraged. So my plan of attack with this was similar to what I've been doing with my great-grandmother. I want to sort of put it on a, a back shelf. Um, back shelf waiting, <laughs> waiting to I, I have some some more information whether that or I have a an epiphany where I I'm able to to just luck in I'll, I'll still be searching Irish records looking for this John Nash but uh, because I have limited information on him uh, I know that his wife's name was and this is even more confusing if she's either a Welsh or a Welch um, because I've, I've seen it in different documents, which is one or the other, which is one of the things that has led me to some skepticism on my second great-grandfather. Well, because it says on one, his death certificate, it's um, Mary uh, Welch, but I found on another thing, it was Mary Welsh. So... Yeah, it's it's sort of you know that's where I'm I'm not positive, and the thing is, even in uh, Nova Scotia, um, on the Nova Scotia records, I've seen both spellings of the name, uh, so it's really really st kind of stuck me because um, I have been able to find what is his mother. Um, like I said, and 
list it as Mary Welch. I have been able to find some records of her, um, her, her as well. Um, so I'm really, and I, I even seen it also as Walsh. Uh, again, that's I'm just reminded here. I'm just looking at my record now, so it's one of those names where it's sort of they could be three separate people, um, and therefore the Patrick Nash that I'm looking at are three separate people, or even two separate people. But I'm pretty sure it's a transcription um, or a change of name that was common um sometimes as people moved um and their records would might not have been an official change of name but their new records keep getting put in that that same the same new name uh surname so you know like i said i i could dig in and tell myself that uh you know I just want to keep searching for Mary's husband, John, and find everything about him. Um, and I would just probably wind up beating myself up over it um, and just want to finally give up. So what my approach on when I come across these types of things, when these brick walls seem insurmountable, is I honestly, I, I move to... A different wall I move to a different a different path um, so from from there I'm I'm still interested in because like I said a lot of my father's side of the family I don't have as much research toy <laughs> that is one of my lines the one that goes farthest back just those um, filling out those things in my my fan chart um, which is the way I like to look at my family tree because it does those um, multiples of parents, great-grandparents, and it's a very visual thing I can just look at and see where I have areas I need to work on. So I'm just going to, you know, shift over a couple of uh, a couple of family members and try to maybe look at a, a different line and work on that for a while. And I have found things when I've done this with my mom's side of the family where when I've changed focus from one line or another because I got stuck on something, that the the thing I was researching, I found an, a new tool or a new source and I was that I was able to connect somebody on that line and then looking through that source um, and that um, that a resource, I was able to then go back and use that information that I found um, or the method even I use to go back to that brick wall and and be able to break it down because I now had a, a, a better understanding of or better access to a certain piece of information and um, just because I, I discovered it. Um, so it's letting me go back and do do, do over. I don't want to say do over completely, but do over my approach to that brick wall. So I'm hoping that's what's what happened in this case. 
Um, my my generations, my my fan chart is a, a, as I said, going back. Uh, I'm starting to fill it out that I'm having more um, fifth and sixth great grandparents. My goal, honestly, is my goal is try to have up to my six great grandparents all filled in eventually that's that's my life goal <laughs> genealogy my long-term goal originally was to get that to find out where my family like the name on my podcast how we got here find out where they came from um just want to know you know where they came from before they went to canada and that was going to be good enough for me but i i've had so much luck with some of the other um, lines of my family and getting back that information that I'm not, I'm to a point there, I'm not even just finding that they came from Scotland or even the town in Scotland. I've been able to track down the house um, the or the, the road or the, or the, in, in some cases, well, one case in particular, I've been able to find that this specific um, land landowner where they they were tenant farmers, um, so I'm I'm really getting excited about learning more of that. So I'm gonna kind of move on, and I know with the Irish stuff, I find it it can be discouraging because of the state of Irish records, um, and that a lot of them were lost. But I'm to that point that I'm even getting my Irish relatives are before the the actual um, Irish government records, the vital statistic records that were lost in the fire of 1921. Um, it's I'm getting into the point that I'm having to search for the actual church records to find baptisms and marriages. Um, which can be very daunting um, because there are a lot of names that are similar and without finding the exact person, you can't be sure. Um, I know, for instance, my dad's mother's side, Ryan. Um, I don't know how many Patrick Ryans I've come across, in my research to try to find the correct Patrick Ryan. Um, my, on my mom's side, my, my grandfather, he's an Andrew Anderson. And if I go back to just the, his family tree from when he came, he came, his family came to Canada, they were, um, he was originally a, not my grandfather, but it would be, my fourth great-grandfather, who was an Andrew Nash, who was the first, like I said, one to Anderson on uh, that the on my family line to come to Canada. Um, he arrived here in um, oh, it was he was born in seventeen eighty approximately, and. He arrived in Canada 
in just at the I believe it was 1804 um, if I'm looking at my records um, and trying to remember that at that point that's when he came to Canada he was an Anderson Andrew Anderson um, if I calculate and count all the Andrew Andersons that I'm aware of um, in direct line um, from him to my grandfather's generation there was at least 14 other Andrew Andersons in Cape Breton in that specific area that are related to me um, within that birth period um, after he arrived in Canada until the 1940s. Uh, so just about 120 years. So there was at least one born every 10 years or more. And that's only the ones I know of. Um, there's a lot of cousins and uh, lateral lines I'm not aware of. Um, so that's a common name. In Ireland, there's a lot of common names. Again, in Scotland and Ireland use a lot of the similar names, naming conventions where family names carry on. Um, and you find names on both sides of the, the family and then when they come into one that's you're even more likely to get that name repeated um, so there is a lot of hard work there um, but you can you can sledge through it and find it um, it just takes a lot more digging um, and I, I'm looking forward to when COVID's all over I do have plans to do some traveling I want to go to Scotland and Ireland and some of those places where I want to get down to see some of those records that I haven't been able to see. I've been able to um, see them on indexes, but not the actual records. Um, but even to see some of the places. Um, it's amazing the technology age that we're living in that I can Google map some of these these places where I found my ancestors living so how I had been um, it's easier um, when they've been in towns because some of the old street names and addresses still exist or you can find um, indexes that will match up what the old address would um, was and what it it should be uh, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to some exciting times and, and just getting away from those brick walls and probably creating myself some new ones, um, as I move forward, fill out that family tree, fan, fan chart and get into those ancestors. Anyways, like I said, this is a, again, a little different one. I'm hoping that my next podcast, I'll get back to having some guests on so you don't have to listen to me ramble for the whole length of the podcast um, and I just want to thank you for, for listening today I really appreciate it keep on listening keep safe and keep looking for those ancestors thank you for listening to this episode of How We Got Here 
make sure you check out the show notes for more information about today's topic and guests. How We Got Here is hosted and produced by Brian Nash. Title music from Tribute to O'Carolan by Luna Bajowski. 